Hello, and welcome to Inspired. I'm Linda Mariano, and coming up for you in this chat, you're hearing from Marcus Mumford from Mumford & Sons. You'll be hearing the extraordinary story behind this English band's first ever single. Their debut song, Little Lion Man, charted across the world and it was voted in at number one in Triple J's Hottest 100 in 2009. This is huge. Marcus Mumford is not only armed with a guitar for this conversation, but he's also going to reveal why every Mumford & Sons song is about soccer. So let's do it. This is Mumford & Sons, Little Lion Man. But it was not your fault but mine And it was your heart on the line I really fucked it up this time Didn't I, my dear? And it's a bloody big welcome into the Triple J Studios. It's been a while, Marcus Mumford. Welcome, my friend. I think the last time I was here was for the Hottest 100. Of 2009? Yes, ma'am. Of which not only did you come out number one with your debut single for Mumford & Sons, but you performed that song live at yes. Triple J. It's not your fault but mine And it was your heart on the line you were the only radio station in the world that didn't edit out all the swear words. That's because we're bad boys. That's why. <laughs> bad ass. That's asses. why we like you. Yeah. And I feel very, I feel very romantic about that time because it was the first time outside of our own country that we felt people listen to our music. What was that time like for you? Uh, it was a lot of um, sleeping on the floor of vans, sleeping in travel lodges on special occasions, and. Uh, there was quite a lot of booze involved. You talk about breakthrough songs and you talk about songs that start a band's career and you're just the perfect example of it. Debut single, the band had formed, what, a couple of years before Little yeah, Iron Man came out? we started, yeah. And then tell us about where and when you started writing this song. Uh, this song we wrote, I think, the year after 2008. I'm pretty sure it was 2008 because we'd written it just in time for a support show playing at a venue in Trafalgar Square on the Mall, um, supporting Johnny Flynn, who remains one of my favourite songwriters of all time. They're taking pictures of the man from God I hope his cassock's clean Burden of being a holy fellow your halo better gleam, better gleam and we were really excited because it was like a big spot on, you know, what we considered a really big bill. It was at a place called the ICA. And we had to get this song ready in time for that show. And we debuted it there live before we'd recorded it or anything. And we just finished writing it that, that, that day in the rehearsal room. Do you remember starting with a guitar or banjo in your hand or was it? Guitar. Yeah? Yeah, it was with guitar. Still, I mean, I still can't really play the guitar, so I just I, I use weird tunings and then feel it out rather than thinking about chords. Have you always the danger done it like is that? that it ends up you play quite a lot of the same chords <laughs> because you just the ones that sound nice are the ones you play, um, which has changed a little bit but not much uh, because effectively I'm a drummer really and I don't you know I'm not really a guitarist so I play the guitar a bit like a drum kit I hit it really hard 
and don't have to think too much about what my left hand's doing. So when you started the band, why did you not go to drums if that's what you'd normally done? Because I'd grown up playing drums. We've all got really short attention spans, which is why we like to move around quite a lot. And I've been playing drums all my life up until, yeah, about, and, and even then was playing drums with Laura Marling. And then she had invited me up to start singing a couple of songs at the end of her gigs, which is um, when I first started singing kind of publicly. Do you remember where your headspace was at when you started writing? Because I know that lyrics are so important to you, but mm. do you remember where your headspace was at when you started writing the story of Little Lion Man? Yeah. You know, it's a bit all over the place. Sort of first girlfriend stuff. And, yeah, spending a lot of time with the lads. I remember quite vividly when we were in Devon, one night I was talking with Ted quite late, we drank quite a lot of whiskey, and I remember him just saying sort of like, get over it, mate. It's just like that. Get over what? <laughs> yeah, we were sharing a room, and I was, you know, I was a bit heartbroken, whatever. And, uh, and I oh, remember... Oh, it was a breakup. Break. Vividly, yeah, I remember vividly him just going like, that's enough now, get over it. <laughs> when I was writing the song, and I was talking to him about it in, the, in our little shared room, and he just wanted to go to bed, I think, and he was just a bit like, maybe that's enough now. You're being Which a bit soppy. Helpful. It's quite helpful, yeah. Good old Ted. You've got a guitar in here. I'm going to make you pick that up in a second, but I just thought of something. Did that person that this song was somewhat at the centre of, did that person come to you when it came out and it all of a sudden was being blasted in no, coffee no. shops and no. in Australia? <laughs> no, no. I don't think any of the songs are ever just about one thing. You know how Bob Dylan talks about every song he's ever written is in some way about himself, even the ones that are in the third person. Mm. Every song we've ever written is... Is, is basically about soccer. <laughs> Joking. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's as, you know, it's not as binary as just being about one thing most of the time. So, and I also don't like getting too specific on the meanings behind lyrics and who they're always about. I mean, that was certainly part of it, but it wasn't all of it. Because um, there's plenty of other stuff that I wouldn't be willing to talk about going on at the same time. But, um, because you kind of put everything into these songs and that's often feels like enough you know you can kind of i think you can kind of stop there and i also like the like like the idea that people can have their own experience with lyrics like good poetry can feel uh, can, can be felt before it's understood you know mm. um and i and i like the idea that people can apply it to themselves as well not that you just make it this kind of beige feeling that you know goes on you know being rejigged to in eternity but it's more like I don't like projecting too much on a song that already has pretty vivid lyrics and it's pretty obvious a lot of it um, I don't like yeah I would not call much. it beige yeah. <laughs> would not call little lime man beige well you've got a guitar somewhere laying laying yep. by your feet yep. do you want to pick it up and and yep. and have you got a favorite moment in this song that you play on guitar uh, I remember like figuring out uh, Got to learn, I've got to remember how to play it now. <laughs> I like that bit. Every night, that's really fun. Uh, it's that, I just, I couldn't tell you what those chords are. There's no way I could tell you. This is how you patent no, I great things. How, I don't think it will, I don't this think your copyright. Ever, and, and no one will ever know what chords they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Ben had to figure them out. But that's really fun now because I remember we were listening to loads of Sigur Ross at the time. And doing, you know, listen to lots of the way that they use dynamics and drop, drop right down in songs and then build back up again. And I just, I'm a big fan of that band. And I think it was just after 
that record came out with Festival on it. listen to that a lot so I think the idea of like an instrumental break just with melodies and no lyrics was was sort of something we wanted to try it's not your fault but mine and it was your heart on the line I really fucked it up this time didn't I my dear didn't I my dear It's Little Lion Man, Mumford & Sons for Inspired for You. And look, if you enjoyed it, please check out some other chats that we have with artists. There was one that I had with New Zealand duo Broods recently, which was very funny because they talked extremely honestly about what was going on in their world when they wrote their breakthrough hit, Free. It was... Funnily enough, like kind of about how we were being pushed into a direction from like the team around us, like to do all these pop songs and finish songs that we weren't really keen on finishing. I think it was just a lot of like a lot of people like, talking. What 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 does everyone want us to do? That's more what we were thinking than what, what do we want to do. Do we want it to sound like? What do we want to put out? And then we wrote free. And it's and really easy to fall into that headspace mm. and not realize you're in that headspace yeah. as well sometimes. I lose everything so I can sing. Hallelujah, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. What happened when you played your label free? Oh, we don't tell them what it's about. Yeah. So it's inspired. If you want to check it out, please subscribe. I'm Linda Mariano, and I hope you enjoyed this one and hopefully some more. <laughs>